Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Price her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forwards and let your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Please take a seat, folks. And if you're new or visiting here, or if you just started recently coming over the summer, let me introduce myself. Um, uh, As Jonathan says, I am Ken, Ken Matthews, and I'm the minister here. Um, Some of our regular members, folks who uh, attend um, most weeks, have been doubting that in recent weeks since I returned from holiday with this beard. Uh, So let me reassure you, you don't need to keep asking, when is the minister coming back from holiday? I'm back, all right? So just leave it alone. Um, and we won't, we're not going to get distracted with why, um, okay? <laughs> There's been lots of speculation on that as well, because I, I don't want to speak, speak this morning, uh, talk to you this morning about my fuzzy face. <laughs> I would much rather spend our precious time together talking about your heart. Because as we turn to the next installment of our How Not to Be a Fool series from the book of Proverbs, we come to chapter 4, verse 23, which says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs 4, I don't know if you noticed as we read through it, it's full of 
well, it's a sea of about a billion and one commands. It's so easy to get lost and, and drown in it. So, so I'm throwing you that verse as kind of a life boy to cling on to. It on its own is, is worthy of our attention. And it's also worthy of our memorization. I don't know if, like me, as a, a younger Christian, uh, you memorize it from the old NIV translation. That went like this, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. That's the message that we're going to look at this morning. Earlier on in, in the summer, um, this little fella started coming into uh, our garden of an evening. This is Spike the Hedgehog. I know, I know. Such an original name. <laughs> Thank you. We're so creative in the Matthews family. Uh, and some of you might speculate whether Spike is actually the true uh, inspiration for my beard. I mean, what do you think? You know, compare, compare and contrast. You know, no, 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 not at all. Okay. Uh, but he came uh, into our garden night after night, which was uh, not good news for the slugs in our garden, but brilliant news for the plants. But whenever we tried to approach him, well, when we approached him, can you guess what Spike did? Yes, that's right. The prickles went up and he curled him or herself, actually, don't know, hard to tell, um, curled up into a little ball. Now, we tend to think that being a hedgehog is a really negative thing. But if you are a hedgehog, it is not negative uh, to protect your vital, vital organs by, defend, by defending the soft underbelly through which they are reached. And folks, Proverbs 4 is telling us that our hearts, that your heart is so important that it needs guarding like that with caution and care, with all vigilance, as verse 23 says. Why? Why guard your heart like that? It's because your heart is critical to your existence, isn't it? We know that about our physical heart, don't we? If it packs in, well, that's it. You're done. But when the Bible talks about our hearts, it's not talking about the pump in our chest that keeps us alive. It's talking about more about our core personality, our innermost being. It's really the heart of who you are. We live in a society that's so obsessed with how we look, what's on the outside, our, our appearance, uh, and our achievements that make us so attractive and acceptable to others, <laughs> that often our vital organs go pretty much unguarded. But Proverbs 4 says, no, no, what's on the inside is so much more important than what's on the outside. So you guard it as if it was so significant, so important that if you lost it, you would die. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Keep it, guard it. Because from it flow the springs of life. Do you see? The heart is the source. It's the source of all of your behavior, all your thinking um, and acting, all, all your emotions too. I mean, think about your heart, if you like, as a, like a reservoir up there in Kilda. And, and from it flows everything you do, say, feel, and think. So guard the source. 
Guard that reservoir. If you want to live a life full of blessing, purity, joy, and good deeds, then you've got to guard your heart. This morning, I just want to ask the question, well, how do you do that? That's, that's what I want to explore with you. How do we guard the source of our lives? Let me highlight two instructions Proverbs gives to help us to guard our hearts. Firstly, get wisdom in. I mean, you, you can't really miss that as you read the first handful of verses, can you? Gain insight, verse 1. Get wisdom, verse 5. Get insight. Again, in verse 7, get wisdom, get insight. Over and over again it goes, here's this loving, wise father, passionately, almost pleadingly saying to his son, come on guys, you've got to get wisdom in your hearts, in your innermost being. In order to do that, the sons need to do two things. One, they need to be a student. Look again. Verses 1 to 5. We've got words there, haven't we? Like, hear, O sons, a father's instruction. We've got my teaching. We've got, hold fast up my words. Keep my commands. The heart must be educated. The Christian life is not less than learning. But we've got a problem with that, don't we? It's not natural for our hearts to want to take instruction from others. We can get as prickly as a hedgehog, can't we? No matter how wise the other person is, we can get as prickly as a hedgehog if they tell us what to do. But if we want to guard our hearts, we need to get God's wisdom in. So the Father says, come on, listen up. Pay attention now. Sit up straight. Get my words in your heart. Be open to them. (laughs) Invite them into your life. Ask for them. Pursue them. In fact, he says more than that, doesn't he? Do you notice in verse 5? What does the Father say? Get it, get it, don't forget it. We not only need to get God's wisdom, we need to actually keep going back over it to make sure we keep it in our hearts. You come to church regularly, this is one of the reasons that maybe some of the things that we do seem quite repetitive to you. Like when we said the creed or, or prayed the Lord's Prayer earlier on. Or when we do our our monthly communion services, the the words are so familiar, aren't they, that sometimes they just seem to kind of wash over us and we don't take them in. Or doing a series of sermons in the book of Proverbs, might I say. Uh, If you have been here regularly over the last month as we've been been doing this How Not to Be a Full series, by now you're starting to feel, yeah, 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 we get it, we get it, every week. (laughs) Get wisdom, get wisdom, right, enough already. But the message is repetitive. Because we need not only to be getting wisdom, but to to always continually, every day be remembering it and pursuing it. You see, the Christian life of guarding your heart and getting wisdom, it's it's not like painting a wall where you're you're put on a coat of paint and then you'll, you'll walk away, do something else and come back and it'll be just exactly as you left it. The Christian life is it's much more like pushing a boulder up a hill. If, if you leave it and you nip off to go and do something else for a little while, what, what happens when you go back? What's there? Nothing, because it's rolled all the way back down to the hill, hasn't it? When we stop pursuing and, and clinging onto God's wisdom, we stop being wise and we, we roll back. 
to which you might say, but Ken, I'm, I'm not a learner. I'm not bright like others in this congregation are. I, I, I don't like reading books like they do. Well, in Proverbs, it's not a case of intellect. It is always much more a case of decision. Do you want it? Or come and get it, Proverbs asks us. And we can get it from books. But the primary way God brings his, us his wisdom is, is through other people. Especially those who are older and wiser than us. I mean, the son gets it from the father. But where does the father get it from? Where did he get it from in the first place? Verse 3. Do you see? He got it from his dad before him. We've met this father before, but folks, meet granddad. We've got three generations here. And the message is, don't despise the wisdom of the past. Don't despise it. We're just so dismissive, aren't we, of previous generations? Especially, especially people who are older than us. They all get a really bad name. But, but some of the most wisest, godliest people, in fact, most of the wisest, godliest people I know are older than me. Because they have the distinct advantage over me of being much further on in the Christian race. Of having pushed that boulder further up the hill. Having gone through all the trials and the testings and the things that can really rock you back and, 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 and put you off. And make you fall. And they fought the good fight. And they kept the faith. So we need to look up to them. Not despise them. We mustn't give in to the temptation. Go, well, what did they know? <laughs> what did all those old blokes? Old women as well. What did they know? They didn't live in the 21st century. I wonder who you could ask to teach you God's wisdom this year. Maybe it is a mum or a dad or, or a granddad, grandmum, grandparent. Is there an older woman or, or man in this congregation who you could ask to help you understand God's word and apply it to your life? Maybe you could join a midweek group to get God's wisdom in this year. And if you are an older, more mature Christian, who could you come alongside to instruct and teach in, the, in God's ways. Encouraging and helping others is one of the ways that God helps us to keep going on and keep growing in the Christian faith. But we're not only to be students, we're also to be a lover. That's an intriguing subtitle, isn't it? Look at verse 6, will you? Do not forsake her. Don't forsake wisdom. And she will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. We must go beyond learning to loving. Our hearts must not only be educated, but they must be one. It's back to this Proverbs idea that we've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, The wisdom is fundamentally relational. We we painted this picture in the opening chapters of Proverbs of, of woman wisdom. As the one that we should come close to. This is personal, you see. Guarding your heart is getting to know and love the one who guards it for you. Not just women wisdom, but the one that she foreshadows, Jesus Christ the Lord. I mean, he's our ultimate protector, isn't he? In John's gospel, he, he speaks of himself as the, as the gate for the sheep. 
the, the sheep in the pen, him standing in the breach, protecting them. And then he advances the image and he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not just the gate. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Other shepherds, at the first sign of wolf, they are just going to run away. Not me. I will guard. And so we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Later on in the gospel, with his disciples and, and Judas and the soldiers come to arrest Jesus and rock their world. But Jesus wants more. He stands in the breach. The disciples guarded in the garden. And then he goes to the cross where he will lay down his life to shield his disciples, not just from their enemies, but also from the reality of death, that last great enemy, as he pays the price for their sin and our sin. Who can you trust more than Jesus to lead and to guide you? To know who on guarding your heart is fundamentally about coming to him, the one who guards it for you. Spending time with him, talking to him, listening to him, getting to know him and his words. And folks, that's not just a superficial reading or, or listening, but, but a meditating. A cherishing, a, a praying through, so it's not just in my mind as a student, but in my heart as a lover. Invite Jesus into your life and get God's wisdom in. But secondly, Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart by keeping wickedness out. So if you ever watch the TV series, uh, hit TV show, series uh, 24, uh, before kids uh, came along and made the evenings a little bit more um, fraught and frantic, let's say, uh, Fiona and I got really, well, addicted to uh, 24. And in series five, which I think is one of the best, and in fact, according to the fan forums that I checked this week, um, I'm right. Sorry, not always right, but I'm right on this. Series five, everyone thinks it's the best. And in it, the terrorist plot was that they were planning to kill as many people as possible with a lethal gas. Just think about that for a second. How would you go about it? Trying to kill as many people in a city as possible um, with, uh, with, uh, with a lethal gas. And don't worry, that's a rhetorical question. I don't really, I'm not really encouraging you to think like a terrorist in church, um, or anywhere for that matter. I don't want to encourage that. But, but the answer was that the bad guys went to the gas distribution plant. If they could infiltrate that, then everyone who turned their gas on in their homes would feel the effects of that poison. And folks, isn't it like that with our hearts? You've got to guard the distribution plant. You've got to guard the source, the, the heart, from which flows the springs of life. Otherwise, all of your thoughts and your actions and reactions, your emotions will be polluted which is why Proverbs 4 wants to warn us that there are indeed terrorists seeking to waylay and poison our hearts. Do you see that in verse 14? Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. We guard our hearts not just by filling them with Christ-like influence, but also by guarding the inlets or, or influences. Above all else, guard your heart, 
by keeping wickedness out. You see, wisdom is sometimes expressed most clearly by avoidance, by getting far, far away. Which is why Proverbs 4 goes on to tell us in verse 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forwards and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. You take your heart everywhere your feet go, don't you? Your heart listens to everything your ears hear. And your heart sees everything your eyes see. So guarding your heart is sometimes not going, not listening, not watching. That is to say, guarding your heart this way might mean there are books that you might not read, magazines you might not buy, uh, conversations you don't enter into, music that you, you switch off and don't listen to. A TV programs, likewise, you might switch off or just not watch at all. Uh, same with films, games that you won't play, websites you don't visit, fantasies you won't indulge, dates you won't go on, even people that you might not hang out with or hang out with much, or places you won't go because they are on the path of the wicked. And you can't handle that. The whole of the Bible is on the side of, side of caution. Time and again tells us to flee, run, get out. That means we don't just avoid sinning, but we avoid the occasions where we're most likely to be led into sin. One old writer has written this. To venture upon the occasions of sin and then to pray, lead us not into temptation, as we prayed a few moments ago, is to thrust your finger into a fire and then pray that it wouldn't get burnt. (laughs) Folks, there's this foolishness in our heart, isn't there, that that thinks we can play with fire, that thinks we're mature enough and strong enough to, uh, to go close to the temptation of sin without being in danger. But Proverbs, the whole of the Bible, would err on the side of caution. So in order to guard our hearts, I think we need to be a little bit like airport security, where you you guard everything that goes out and everything that comes in. You you examine it. You question it. You x-ray it. You you open it up and rummage around in it. You, you, you undress it even. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but, but, but is, it airport, is airport security just one of the most undignified places you will ever visit in your life? Um, as you, you, you get to the front of the queue and you frantically start emptying out your, uh, your, your pockets of your electrical devices and your toiletries and your uh, shrapnel and um, uh, into, into you know, medication, into that one of those big um, black plastic baking trays or whatever they are and, and then comes the piece to the resistance you know where you have to take off your belt um, uh, and then you then you just scamper as quick as you can through the scanner before your trousers fall off I, I just absolutely hate it I can't I can't stand it. it's the worst bit about going on holiday um, and can, can I just say if you uh, do work in airport security um, we're so glad you're here today thank you for coming <laughs> and thank you for all you do to keep us safe <laughs> um, but folks you and I must guard our hearts in that way, in that kind of way, that rigorous, vigilant kind of way. And, and again, we mustn't be naive. Proverbs tells us that there are only two paths to travel 
The path of the righteous, verse 18, and the path of the wicked, verse 14. And those on the path of the wicked, well, look at what they want to do. Verse 14, uh, 15, they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble, brought somebody in, dragged someone else down with them. Those on the path of wickedness don't want you to live a godly life. They're not neutral. We must know this. So when you watch your favorite TV show or film, it's not just entertainment. That is a statement of how the creators view the world. It is a story told to seduce and win over your heart to their way of thinking and acting. Like if you ever found yourself watching a, a program or a film where you have been cheering someone on to commit adultery or murder. I mean, you might not have thought about it like that, but you know, you're, you're watching a program and the central character, you know, the way it's done, the way the music plays in the background even, makes you kind of go, yeah, yeah, go on, go with her, run away with her, or yeah, 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 kill him, kill him. It happens, doesn't it? As our hearts are being won over. Or what about when you watch or listen to or read the news? That is not just information. It is communication. It is the telling of the story of what is going on in the world from an editor's point of view. So much so that the director general of the BBC admitted back in March of this year that their famous impartiality had taken a massive hit in recent years. And there are books written that show that really clearly. Or what about if you play the, play the game Grant? Grant, Grant? <laughs> Tell I've been in France on holiday. <laughs> That's as good as my French ever gets. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto <laughs> back in Newcastle. Um, uh, th- that's not merely a game. A game is an attack on your heart, trying to normalize sex and violence and uh, corruption. So folks, guard your heart. I'm not saying that we should never watch or listen to or or, or play games like that. Uh, But we should be aware of what is going on when we do. And question it and and think it through. Because nothing is neutral. And everyone has a bias. Either a bias to, to wickedness or a bias to righteousness. And so we need to be active in getting wisdom in and keeping wickedness out. And so as I finish, can I just say that there's a particular challenge here for those of us, I think, who are parents of children and teenagers. How are we going to help them guard their hearts as they mature and grow up? It may be to say that giving them a computer or TV in their room or a smartphone in their pocket is like giving a toddler a power tool and then being surprised when they get hurt. Why don't you have that conversation with your children? Why don't you sit down and watch the things they're watching, do stuff with them on their devices and help them put in place the wisdom they need, the guards they need to walk in God's ways. And for some of us... (laughs) Uh, we might need just as much help in our use of technology as our young folk. Let's admit that. <laughs> Let's put our hands up to that right now. I have lost count of the amount of times that I've had to say to other men, you know what? There are some things in life that are much more important 
than having a smartphone or a computer or a tablet. Much more important things. And I'm hoping by now you know what that is. It's your heart, isn't it? It is your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So what's that going to look like for us this week? How are we going to do that? Let's just take a moment to to think that through and to pray that through. How and when are we going to get wisdom in? Maybe we need to think of times and places we're going to do that. I mean, let's face it, if we don't schedule it, it's probably never going to happen. But also, what, where, who do we need to avoid? It might not be the obvious things that pollute our hearts and trip us up. We've all got blind spots, haven't we? So ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and help you see the dangers in your own life. Let's just take a moment of quiet to think that through and pray that by ourselves. Father God, thank you so much that you do not leave us in the dark, scrabbling around, trying to find wisdom, but you give it plentifully through your word. And we thank you, Father, you have given us everything that we need, not just your wisdom, to help us guard our hearts and find the paths of righteousness. You have given us Jesus himself and his death on the cross that we can be remade in his image and find right ways of living. And Father, thank you. You've given us your spirit too. We pray you would help us this week, this month, this year, and all of our lives to keep in step with your spirit as you guide and lead us. Pray you protect us and help us to be a light and a blessing to others too. Amen.